You're listening to The Marketing Trench, the official podcast where no real estate professional gets left behind in the pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. A podcast designed to help you build the foundation of a powerful real estate career. Join real estate experts Ricardo Bueno, Marketing Technology Director at West, Dustin Stevie, CEO of Lighthouse Escrow, and Scott Shang, partner at Bywise Mortgage and founder of Find My Way Home, as they bring you real-world strategies, marketing ideas, and solutions straight from the trench. All right, gentlemen, today we're going to dig into the subject of past clients. And uh, I think we can all agree, it seems to be a problem, right? Uh, It's like we have past clients, Mm -hmm. and we all know that we should be getting business from our past clients, and yet it's so freaking hard. Like, what makes it so hard? Let's just start there. Good question. That's why I asked it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, I love this. So, so problem, challenge. We we all know, everyone knows you should be getting business from your past clients. And even when we do our presentations, I when we go through our, our framework, we say these are the cornerstones you should be focusing on. And when we get to past clients, we say, you know, past clients are low-hanging fruit. You yeah. should be getting the bulk of your business, and it should come easy when you're marketing to your past clients. And yet when uh, Toffel and I go on appointments, it's what are you doing to stay in touch with your past clients? Right. What are you doing to market to your database? Right. And everyone says, oh, well, you know, I, I pick up my phone, I call them, and, and there's no strategy. Yeah, why? Why? I mean, that's. Well, I just kind of want to figure out, like, let's get to the nub of that for a second. Like, I, I, th- I think if you kind of look at the way that salespeople are trained to do business, all of the focus, all of the focus is on the sale. It's all on the sale. It's all on the messaging. It's all on the conversion. And then I think that there's an assumption that happens that if I do a good job, well, this person is just going to love me and And remember me me and refer me. And it's kind of a given. I've done my work. I put all of my effort in. I don't need to do anything else. And and when you think when you think about it, and and you you think about the concept of the sales funnel, right? And 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 look at the uh, sales funnel in the literal sense that you're putting people in, you're pulling them through the process, and then when they're a past client, they just drop to the bottom of the funnel and they're and on the floor. Right. <laughs> and nobody's nobody's teaching, nobody's well, I'm not saying nobody's teaching, but it is not on the forefront that you need a mechanism for re-engaging all those clients you already built. Um uh, what we teach in our classes is that the sale starts when the sale closes. So that's when you start building the relationship is after the sale closes because now you've exhibited this is my expertise. This is how I helped you. And that's when you really start building that relationship because during the sales process, they don't trust you until the fat lady sinks or until the deal closes, right? (laughs) That whole time they're kind of trusting you, but they don't completely trust you until – it's done. I, I also yeah. think it's easy to get caught up in and overwhelmed with. It's almost as if we're scrambling to see where the next deal is going to come from. Yeah. It's a short-minded mentality. Right. It's a low-hanging fruit right. that you're talking about. Right. Is you're, you're just picking the low-hanging fruit and you're leaving three-quarters of the trees full of ripe fruit. Okay. So I have a question about that. So as you're talking, I I totally resonate with this, by the way, as somebody who has a business and thinks about going back to our past clients. um, For us, part of it is just that we just don't have that mechanism, right? Like we just, they do just kind of spill onto the floor and they don't go anywhere. But um, 
and you need a mechanism to kind of get them back into the funnel. But the other thing is, I wonder, based on what you're saying, Scott, it's like, you know, we're doing all this work for them and we're moving them through our process. I wonder if at the end of that, we almost feel guilty going back to our past clients and asking for more. Like we already put them through our machine and now we're like asking to do it again. I don't know. Do you think guilt's at the heart of it? I think that's super legitimate. I've never thought of it that way, <laughs> but I, I think that is legitimate. I, I, I mean, does that come from us feeling guilty for making money from the transaction? Right. Yeah. Right. So I made my money and maybe they know how much I made and, and, and okay, good. I'm, I'm done with that. But yeah, it, it really is a mental hurdle and, and yeah. That makes a ton of sense. That actually does make a ton especially of sense. Especially for salespeople. Well, especially for yeah. salespeople because, well, for salespeople that maybe don't feel, I mean, I think if you believe that you are delivering a level of service yeah. to your client that you know is above and beyond, if you feel like you had to really, really work hard, I think you should I think you should feel good about about that relationship, about that customer relationship. This is an unbelievably interesting topic. It really is because it's um, it's kind of the it's kind of like I mean, think of relationships. How many times do you hear people say, you know, oh no, you know, we've been married for twenty years. There's no spark. There's no this. <laughs> right, you, you know what right. I'm saying? It's right. like you get complacent, and it's like the hard work is done. You went through the dating. You got them to, you know, Ricardo tricked somebody into marrying him the other day, <laughs> months ago, and, and now he's on, and now he's on Easy Street, right? Right. So but it's weird. That's a weird. That dog don't have to hunt no more. <laughs> no, no, no. So. Uh, it's Cheetos and uh, Cervezas all day long, you know, yeah. sitting on the couch. Weight gain happens. Noodle Mondays. But I mean, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, there is a kind of complacency. You did trick somebody in. But the, but I wonder, though, so there's probably a segment of our listening audience who who's like, no, man, I don't feel guilty at all. But I bet it's that segment that really knows what their value prop is, right? They know what they're doing for people. They know why it matters. They know that Whatever the check is that they got, they if were you worth know it. you're delivering value, then you don't feel guilty. Yeah. Well, and it's also a mind shift. So when you're when you're establishing your brand and your value proposition, and this is my customer journey. Did you design your customer journey to end at the close when you got paid? See, so I, I it there there is there's definitely i don't think pe- most people plan beyond that because small businesses especially trying to pay bills trying to get this done and I, so there's so much value i wonder how many that. people actually are thinking about the customer journey and the customer experience that they're delivering because we we all like to say oh we develop phenomenal or we deliver phenomenal customer service we're yeah. the best etc cetera, etc cetera, but most of us just limp across the finish right. line. Most of I mean, us I mean honestly, <laughs> but not on purpose. Not on purpose. You're, right. You're, we're, we're small business owners. We're entrepreneurs. We're juggling a lot of. Ha- we're juggling a lot of things. I mean, and that's that's really probably who our audience is. Our audience here, and, and who we are. We're not somebody who's given a list of things to do every day, and you finish that list and you go home. You know, we're not punching time cards here necessarily. Yeah. 
right? So the the past client is our responsibility. Whereas if somebody works for a company, a big company, it could, because you look at all of the big companies, especially in our space, where they really, where they really step so far above individual entrepreneurs is they have very good client client retention strategies. Client retention strategies is as important as generating new business because they have the resources and the time to invest in that. So you really got to pay attention to that. Yeah. I mean, I know a business like mine, it's easy just to churn through people, right? So you go out there. In our case, we're primarily targeting real estate agents, right? So you go out there, you try and get real estate agents to use you. There's a ton of money spent on the customer acquisition, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get them in and it's like, awesome. Like I have them. Now I have to go get the new person. And it's like, no, if you didn't, if you focused on retention, as opposed to letting those people churn through and spin out the other end, or like you said, go through the sales funnel and then fall to the floor um, and, you know, just lay there, right? Like if you focused on actually remobilizing them, getting them back into the funnel, it's way less costly to do that. And, and, and that's where relationship happens, by the way. And, and we've all heard it, it costs half as much to, to get an old client or to retain an old client as it does to go get a new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, at least, it, it, at least, I mean, I think it's even, I think it's, it's even less than that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But should you have as much of your budget, budget, effort, and energy invested in nurturing your past clients as you have for acquiring new clients? I mean, yeah. also, I mean, think of it from the client's perspective. I got all this love through the entire process <laughs> and they gave me attention every single day. And then you ghosted me at the end of the day. And then you ghosted me at the end of the day. You didn't call me back the next morning, you know, whatever. It's a, it's, it's, there's, it's like, oh, okay. I kind of feel like I thought we had something there. I want to latch on to what you just said, because I think that that's actually a useful mental tool to have. So you would ask the question, do you have as much of your budget dedicated to retention as you do to acquisition? And I, I think like if, if you walk away from this podcast with nothing else in your mind, if you just took that and looked at your PL, that would be, I think that would be transformative. It's literally stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. I mean, yeah. it is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. But this isn't the wire, you guys. Come on. <laughs> uh, that, that's funny. That term means something different now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, welcome oh, to the no. trench. Uh, <laughs> this is where we get dirty terrible. on the topics you care about. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Oh, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, so so what else do we say about that other than other than um, take it unbelievably seriously? Take it as seriously as acquisition. Retention yeah. should be as important as acquisition. So I so I have another thought. So now let's let's just assume for a second that we agree that retention should be as important as acquisition. And let's also let's also, you know, just agree that you know maybe guilt is operating there and so maybe what that means is that we got to do some soul searching and be like all right like am i out there selling something of value or am i just doing what everybody else is doing and i'm just charging what everybody else is charging and there's no real difference between me and the other guy like honestly in my heart of hearts i'm just a, i'm just a cog everyone else is selling cogs i'm a commodity you have to go through that journey. And maybe that's a separate, I think that's a separate podcast going through that journey. But let's assume you've gone through it and you're like, no, I, I'm providing something of value. Um, 
I agree. Like I looked at my PL and I'm spending way more on acquisition than I'm spending on retention. Now the question is, all right, guys, what the heck do I say to these people? And then can you give me a review or can you, ref- you know, refer me to somebody, which I mean, those are important questions, but like question, that, yeah. those aren't relationship questions. Those aren't ongoing, you know, retention questions. Those are like, give me more. That feels like give me more. Well, so I mean, we're in the real estate space, so a lot of a lot of real estate uh, uh, professionals are very regional, right? So, so yeah. they are working in a community. They they live and they work in that community, and this obviously isn't everybody. I mean, there's a lot of people that do a really really good job of that. But if you're within a geographic, um, a, a, if there if there is a if if you're in an area that where all of your customers are, don't be afraid to hold a summer picnic, a family reunion, and rent out a park and do this kind of thing. Now, when we talk about budget, you, you said something. I want to circle back on it real quick. It is true that it costs less for retention than it does for acquisition. So if you are spending $2 on acquisition, you could be, you could be just as impactful spending $1 on retention mm. and you're going to get the same impact. You're going to create as much or more business because there's a viral effect. So it's to not retention. 50, 50, it's like two thirds acquisition, one third retention. Correct. But there is a viral effect. There's an exponential part of retention that is going to give you as much or more business for that investment than you are on the, on the, on the, uh, on the acquisition side. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, so that's, so a corrective to the mental tool, look at your P and L two thirds acquisition, one third retention. Probably if I'm really honest in, in my company's case, we're spending 98% on acquisition and 2% on retention. Um, yeah. you know, and I think that that's depending, depending on how you cut it. I think that that's probably about right. Part of that's regulatory, right? There's only so much we can do uh, on the retention side. But really, honestly, like I could, for example, I could just have a salesperson whose only job is retention. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes as much it's, it's, it's as easy as just saying, hey, how are you? You know, it's, it's, it literally is just reaching out to them, and you know when it comes to when it comes to say real estate agents, um, it doesn't have to be hard. It can be a recipe card once a month. It yeah, can be okay. that calendar. But, People reason, like to dog on that. The stuff. reason it's hard is we overthink it. I mean, a hundred percent of the time. I think I, I think you're right. I don't have I don't have time to go back and do that. I need to get in the next deal. Yeah. And that's definitely a mental shift. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so so it's not just asking for referrals or reviews. Mm-hmm. It's also providing value. Like you you've mentioned several things. Events, um, providing regular like recipe, just reaching out and saying, Touches. Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Um I'd like to dive into some tools we've seen work on that. But first, let's, I'd like to put a few more things out on the table as suggestions. Are there other things that we've seen as retention tools that have worked or just retention ideas that seem to work pretty well? A podcast, like a neighborhood podcast? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there there are definitely community groups. You know, there are online groups and online communities where they're doing, um, you know, neighborhood watches and things like that. Um, being involved in the community and being a leader in the community is is definitely something. I mean, I see a lot of 
uh, professionals in our business that will join city councils or or get into the politics of the city because they talk to everybody all the time. They end up being the go to person. Uh, I, I think one of the most uh, one of the most effective you know retention tools that I've seen is is professionals become known as the person that knows everybody. They're kind of the go-to. Oh, you need yeah. a you need you need a good landscaper. This guy over here is a great landscaper. The, your neighbors use them. These people over here use them. Um, you just position yourself as a resource. You, you position yourself as a resource. Absolutely, absolutely. You're a connector. You're, you're a connector. You're making introductions to people. You're connecting people. Um, that's a that's a not only is that a valuable valuable retention tool. Um, it's also, it's also, it's a, it's a, um, it's very satisfying. So if people are sitting there thinking, okay, how do I become a resource? You guys just said, become a connect, like be a connector, right? So maybe one of the questions you can ask yourself, if you're not totally certain um, what you can provide resource wise is what are you connected to? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are you deep into your kid's school? Are you deep into your church? Are you deep into some sort of like, I don't know, um, like the bowling league, the local bowling league, or, you know, some veterans association, like, what are you into? And, you know, maybe even beyond that, if all you do is work and go home, maybe that's part of your problem. Like maybe that's why you're not sourcing enough business. Isolation doesn't work well in sales. (laughs) It it just doesn't. But I mean, here's another thing. And and, I mean, this can, this can be fun. And, and when a new business comes to town, are you going and introducing yourself to the business owner? Are you going in there and saying, welcome to the community? What is it that you do? Tell me about your story. How did you get here? What do you plan or what do you bring into the community? I, I, I talk to homeowners. I talk to people in the community every day. Um, I'm glad I got to know you. I'm going to let other people know that they should yeah. come by and say hi. I mean, that right there is just if you and, and that's that's a mentality that's a mindset if that's your mindset it's not working media has been doing that uh media musavi is a real estate agent in downtown la he's been doing that with every new restaurant and business that's been opening up in downtown la he profiles them he does a video introduces everyone to one another that show investment wise has taken him maybe eight months he's not pitching real estate he's not selling real estate He's just profiling the community, doing community events. Yeah. And, you know, eight, 12 months later, it's starting, starting to turn to into, up. yeah, it's starting. Well, to and that's another, the, that's actually another important thing of this is it's a, it's a long game. So yeah. retention is a long game. It's yeah. not a quick win. It's not, I put in a, and I get out B it's yeah. like, I put in a for six to 18 months and, and I don't know why this is, but this number keeps coming back to me. It takes about 18 months to establish that type of a relationship. When you're just casually meeting people or doing things or investing in things, it seems like it's about 12 to 18 months until people start recognizing what you're doing. And so many times people will try something and they'll say, oh, nobody listened. Nobody responded. Um, I didn't get any calls when I sent out my recipe card, you know, and, and one recipe and, and, card. I'm, <laughs> and I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That didn't work. I didn't get any business from my past clients when i did that I'm never doing mailers again i'm never doing that again <laughs> yeah wasted my time well think about how you work in your own personal life right like this is an exercise i put my sales team through all the time like just put yourself on the other end on the recipient's end if you get 
one recipe card, you're probably going to throw it away because in the flow of your life, you don't have room for it. You don't like a one-off thing doesn't make sense most of the time. But if you got it repeatedly, one of those recipe cards is going to stick out to you. And you're going to be like, actually, this is pretty useful. And you're going to put it up on your fridge or you're going to put it in your phone or your Evernote or wherever you're storing it. Right. And then you're going to get another one and you're going to start retaining them. And then eventually you're going to look and be like, who the heck is sending me these things? This person's interesting, all of that sort of thing. It's, it's, and I think, I think fundamentally from now putting ourselves back in the salesperson's shoes, the difference has to be, in my opinion, when you send out that recipe card, you have to do it genuinely, right? Like you want to be helpful. This is a recipe you like, um, you want to build into people's lives. And Scott, you know, you, you talk about how you go introduce yourself to these people. I've known you now for, I think, seven months. We met earlier this year and everything I've gotten from you is genuine. You can't say that, but I can say that about you is that I feel like when you help people, it comes from a place of being genuine versus people. I think that the the fundamental difference is if someone's like, I'm going to get sales. So I'm going to send out (laughs) recipe cards like that. I'm going to get sales. I'm going to send out (laughs) recipe cards is, is a mental mindset that I think shuts you down way too early. And, and, and the, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to specifically be a, a recipe card. That's kind of a metaphor for just something. I mean, valuable, meaningful, something right. valuable. It, and you know, it honestly doesn't have to be valuable or meaningful. It can be, it can be cute. It can be funny. It can be, have you ever gone online and looked up alternative holidays? There is literally one of the goofiest holidays you've ever seen in every single month. Like it's <laughs> national hamburger month or something like that. National it, margarita month. It's national margarita <laughs> month. I mean, it could be, it could be something as simple as, Hey, we're celebrating national cha-cha month or whatever. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking of you. It, it can be anything. I the like very, this. the very fact that you're yeah, sending know. something, <laughs> The very fact that you're doing anything is impactful. You just you got you got to walk a mean, line there though, because if someone was like, "It's Cha Cha Month," I'd be like, "Go away." <laughs> no, no, no. And maybe that's because I'm the old man from you know. No, you, no, the first no, you know what? The first one you would think is the first one you would think is weird. The first one you would be like, "What the hell, Cha Cha?" I don't know what that is. But then the next one would come, and then you would kind of say. There's kind of a sense of humor that's coming through here and there. I think you're being optimistic because those title guys, no offense, <laughs> walk this crap into my office all the time. I'm like, get out of my office with your with But your see, that's key. different. But see, that's different. That's an acquisition strategy. That's not a retention strategy. So, so you're right. If you're trying to give gimmicks and gadgets in order to get people to do business with you, that's annoying. But, yeah, but if, if you have the relationship. But if you have the relationship and you're just saying – Hey, just thinking of you or whatever it is. I mean, and, and it's, it's, it's not as simple as set it and forget it because your, your client's going to know that's lazy. If there's yeah. no phone calls in there, if there's no drop buys once a quarter, um, if there's no, you know, you've got, you know, real estate agents, some real estate agents have really good things. They'll drop off pumpkin pies at Thanksgiving time, or they'll drop off like a little pumpkin or something like that. You know, they'll do certain things and they'll drop stuff off at people's houses and, um, you know, be creative and, and put an effort, put an effort into it. I think that's really what the bottom line is, is make an effort. Don't just assume if I hire this company to send out junk, junk mail to somebody that I'm doing my job. Yeah. It really isn't. You are, you are um, you're growing a relationship, 
or you're, so, you're, you're kill, building a relationship. So you said that one of you two said this, or maybe Josh um, said that marketing and branding is persuading a customer to do business with you and developing or delivering a great customer experience is what keeps that customer um, is what keeps that customer for life. And so um, you say it a lot too. It's more than just five-star reviews. It's literally living and breathing and doing what you say you're going to do and delivering right. on that service not at the end of a transaction, but at the beginning. So everything that you do to engage that customer, everything you do to manage the transaction, et cetera, needs to permeate like throughout the whole process. Right. Well, and I think more, this is, this is more important now than it ever has been. The internet has, has torn communities and societies apart because we're no longer face to face. We're no longer doing things for each other. We're sending DMS. We're mm-hmm. doing this. We're liking their pictures. We're doing these kind of things. And that's also another thing that kind of really bugs me about people who present themselves as coaches in our industry. They're telling people to go out and like people's pictures on <laughs> and like yeah. people's posts on, on Facebook. And it's transactional um, manipulative. It, 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 it is. It's like, it's like, Hey, go in there and do things things that that's not that's not genuine you know it there's no relationship being built there it's it's it, it's making people feel like um they're doing something when they when they really are so it and, and this comes down to the customer journey and it's really it's thinking and you're 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 right dustin we don't as small business owners and entrepreneurs a lot of times we're just thinking about survival. We're in survival mode. We're like, what do I got to do to get this done, to get this going? And then there's the problem of what if it works, right? (laughs) Holy crap. Now I'm busy. Now I'm just trying to not let it all fall apart, but it really is mapping out that customer journey. And that customer journey does not end when you cash a check. That's kind of where it starts because that client can, if they're telling everybody that they know, they, you know, they call them sneezers. If they're, if they're everything, if they're going and they're just telling, they can't walk, they can't go into a room without telling somebody about the great experience they had with you. Mm-hmm. Your, your business is growing exponentially. Yeah. The way I talk about it internally is you're aiming to make people glow because if you ever met somebody who just glows when they talk, you want to know what they figured out. Yeah. Now it's not about you. It's about how you make your client feel. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So We've, we've worked through a lot here. So fundamentally, uh, a, a, a mental tool to kind of really just do a self-assessment of where we're at is two-thirds, one-third. What are you spending your marketing dollars on? It should be two-thirds on acquisition, one-third on retention. Mm-hmm. And then as you're going about retention, if, if you feel like, you, like if you feel that sense of guilt, which we identified early as something that's like, all right, maybe this is holding us back from retention, you got to do a critical self-analysis and say, do you feel like you're delivering on the value that you're promising? Do you feel like you're worth the cost that you're charging? Um, and in, if not, why not? Like that's a whole, again, that's a whole nother subject, but mm-hmm. maybe, you know, just kind of put that there. But if, if you're not struggling with that and you're like, I, I totally get that retention is a big thing. Um, I just don't know how to do it other than ask for reviews and referrals. Then, then, then we've rolled out a series of strategies which or a series of kind of suggestions like, do events, reach out to talk to people, text them, call them, meet them, you know, for coffee, go introduce yourself to business owners, all the rest. Um, and you know, that's a whole list. Finally, I want to close this thing out by saying, what kinds of tools can I use to be personal with a lot of people in a short amount of time? 
So one tool, for example, yeah. I think of is Sly Broadcast. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, too. why don't you talk about that? Because you know a lot more about it than I do. I mean, you know, what it is is it it it's really just leaving it's it's leaving it's calling a bunch of people at, at one time. Uh it's uh it's kind of it's just leaving a voicemail on people's phones. So you're recording at one time and you're blasting it out there. Uh it's it's not super personal. It's uh it it's a it give us an example of like what food. a voicemail like that might sound like. Um so okay, so I'm in the I'm in the mortgage I'm in the mortgage business. So uh, you know, come around tax time potentially, um, people are doing their taxes. I might put together a voicemail that says, um, "Say hey, it's that it's that time of the year. I know taxes are painful for a lot of people. Um, if you need anything from us, any documentation that you need in order to save your taxes, um, give us a call. We're here to help." You know, so it could be something as simple as that, but it's also a good, it's also a good, um, just to send out to your past clients once a, you know, once a quarter, uh, just checking in. Hey, just checking in. Nothing important. No need to call me back. I was just thinking about you. Um, and I just wanted to say that I appreciate the fact that you allowed us to, to help you with your, you know, with your, with your business and, uh, look forward to helping you and your friends again. You know, I mean, it's, it's a it's a difficult one, and also um, there's a new law in California, I think that kicks in in January where you can't leave ringless voicemails. So that might not be a tool that we do moving forward. And again, the problem is is that's kind of a cool tool, but it has been very uh, misused, abused. Yeah, it's been used. It's it's been used and abused. But you could you can do texts. You can it absolutely could be a similar, similar sort of well, thing. Well, here's what's even what, here's what's better is is there's slide broadcast and then there's like phone burner. So something like phone burner is you upload your customer list to it, you record a voicemail, but it's literally dialing every single number, and it dials the number. And if they don't pick up, you press the button. It will leave a voicemail for them, and it'll dial the next number. Mm-hmm. So it's literally a way for you to call through a hundred so like phone a power calls. Dialer. It's a power dialer, really, is what it is. So you don't have to you don't have to specifically dial each number individually it's a quick and efficient way for you to burn through and make those phone calls and make that effort yeah um another tool that we recommend for real estate professionals homebot homebot yeah ricardo you're kind of the expert on that why homebot what does it do because <laughs> it sends automated home equity reports to your past client database and it's awesome well, it makes it awesome because that description just put me to sleep. I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they present it as a wealth management tool. And, yeah, and so so the biggest the way I pitch this to real estate agents is the biggest challenge that you face when you help somebody close a transaction is that for the next thirty plus years they're going to undergo a series of life changes, have a series of questions experience just a series of scenarios and emotions and, and and ask these questions, but they never once think to ask the real estate agent who helped them buy the house or the lender who helped them finance it. Mm-hmm. And the life changes that they might be undergoing is they bought a two bedroom, two bath uh, starter home and they have their third baby on the way they're crammed for space. And they're thinking, well, should we, we really need more space, honey? Should we sell the house and buy a new one? Should we keep this one and rent it? What should we do? They're thinking all of these things, but the person that they think to ask is their buddy who they're going to the bar with to watch the latest uh, football game or Laker game, sure, whatever. Yeah. Or they're thinking, they ask their coworker at the office who says, oh my God, you should totally talk to my friend Stacy. She just got her license. 
Right. And they never once think to ask the original agent who helped them buy it or the original lender who helped them finance it. Yeah. Or, or a lot of times they're hearing their coworker talk about Correct. the experience they just had and Correct. they're like, oh, really? The glowing coworker. How right. did that work? Yeah, the glowing coworker. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what's home values aren't. I, they're, they're, they've, we've all seen the what's my home worth website and, you know, uh, you can go and, and sign up and a lot of home value tools, they deliver like a low, a medium and a high. What HomeBot does that I think is unique is it literally gives you tailored scenarios for what you can do with your equity. And I don't think anybody's nailed that. Right. That's nobody's yeah. nailed that. And it looks that. really sharp. And it looks too. really sharp. Yeah. So what HomeBot says beyond the home value is it says, okay, well, Hey, Dustin, based on your equity and today's current interest rates, here's what you can afford to do. You can afford to trade up your investment and buy a new home worth X or buy a second home worth this or buy a, uh, rent and buy a second one worth this or sell and pocket the cash and walk away with this much. So it's literally giving them a tailored scenario that gets the wheels turning without yeah, yeah. an aggressive sales pitch. One of probably one of my favorite ones in that in that here's all your options with your equity is the uh, European vacation and it's like <laughs> and it's like no it's like it's all in red it's like you, you can throw your you go ahead and burn your money on a vacation or you can uh, invest it in all these things that's awesome. so it it is cool it it's um the 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 I would say probably one of the most powerful things with HomeBot is it's is it is it is unique to every single consumer yep. that it goes to. Yep. So it's based off of their actual numbers. It's based off of their actual address and their equity and their current interest rate because it's pulling information from public records. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not always a hundred percent accurate. Like when you first get it, your value might not be right because of the algorithms that they use. But once you adjust that. In a general sense, it's mostly it's accurate enough that it's unbelievably valuable, mm-hmm. and it's just staying top of mind. It's staying in front of them, and the like the open rates on that because it's an email that goes out, yeah. and the open rates on that um, speak for themselves. I mean, you're probably getting sixty, seventy percent open yeah. rates, and probably fifty, sixty percent of the people that are opening the email are going into the digest and exploring. And what I keep seeing with our clients is they're going in one, two, three, five, seven times a month. They keep going back. <laughs> they keep yeah. looking at it. They yeah. they check it the way you might check your checking account balance or your stock price. But that's a right. really, really cool, super, super low cost tool. Um, that all anybody in the real estate space should be looking at. Yeah. So those are a couple of tools. Uh, we've been digging into the marketing trench here of past clients. Uh, you know, we've put our ideas on the table, but if you've been digging in the same trench, have your own ideas, check out the show notes. We'll tell you where to go and put your ideas for the rest of the community. Uh, we see this as, you know, it's not just the three of us. We're doing this collaboratively in a community setting. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts. So again, check out the show notes. We'll tell you where to post and share your really cool tools. And if something, you know, pops up, like if you, you know, dug up a gem, uh, then we want to share it and we'll probably bring it join up on com- a, join the conversation. Yeah. Join the conversation and we'll, br- you know, we'll bring you in or, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bring it up here in our, in our future podcast. So that's this episode of the marketing trench podcast until next time. Yeah. <laughs>